From hopelessness and addiction to hope and joy found in God's promises. We'll look at one person's incredible journey of God's grace, redemption, and restoration on this episode of Here at Home. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Mark Bricker, and I am your host for the Here at Home podcast. And joining me on today's podcast is Crystal Howe. Hello. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here, Crystal. Yeah, thank you. I know you're a little nervous. A little bit. Deep breath. Oh, there you go. See, feel feel better. Yeah, feel better already. Well, let's get, let's get you started with some easy questions because we are going to get a little heavy today in our discussion, but let's start with uh, talking a little bit about uh, your family. Tell us uh, about your husband, kiddos. Yeah. Well, my name is Crystal Howe. I, my husband, Kenny, and I just celebrated 11 years right. of marriage last month, and we have three of the most amazing children. Uh, Aiden is my oldest, and he'll be nine in a few weeks, and Liam is seven. And then rounding out the end is Emma, as she's two, and she, she's a spunky one. Yes, she is. Yeah. Well, you have you have wonderful, wonderful children, Thank and you. Uh, having been around, especially the boys, for pretty much all their all lives, life. I think. Yeah, I, we started we started McGregor right when Aiden was born. Yeah, so they are they are all boy, but they are some of the best behaved all boys. Such hearts. Yes, they have such sweethearts. They do. They really do. And you're right. Emma is going to be the. <laughs> The spunky one. That should be easy after two boys. Yeah, maybe not. Well, you've been here at McGregor, like you said, for close to 10 years now. Yeah, almost nine years. Almost nine years. Uh, I know you're pretty involved in different areas uh, here in different ministries of the church. Share a little bit about some of your involvement. Uh, Well, currently, I'm really involved with the Closed Closet Ministry. I work with Pat Schultz, and um, it has been such a blessing. It started out before Ian. It was just kind of chill, you know, one day a week, not really diving in. Um, and then with the recovery, it really shook things up. Ramped up. It did. It did. Um, it's so fun though. Emma comes with me and, uh, I think I was working at the clothes closet the other day that she didn't come and even the guests, where is your little one? Where's that little girl? (laughs) So it's, it's a lot of fun to be a part of all the volunteers and the guests. They just love her and um, it's an incredible ministry. Sure I get is. to meet so many more people in the community that I wouldn't otherwise and just get to love on them and pray with them. Yeah. Um, I also serve in the preschool ministry. I've partnered alongside with them a couple of times a month to serve yeah. the kindergartners, to teach them. And um, yeah, just um, been involved with Into the Jordan, uh, beloved. And it's just been, there are just so many amazing people in this church that have really come alongside and, and really showed the way of what it's to be to serve and to love others well yeah and i I appreciate you taking those opportunities to serve and to minister and to and to be served yourself uh and be uh ministered to so really need to see your involvement um i know today's not an easy day first of all coming in and sitting in in this room you know with the cameras and the microphones not easy for people that aren't used to it so i get that but it's a pretty room yeah Yeah, it looks very nice that's good but i i know that's that's it's not easy to to know that what you're saying is being recorded and other people are listening so i appreciate you for taking that step but the topic that we're going to talk about i know is not something that we we tend to just in casual conversation talk about a lot uh but yet it's so important and you came to me about four years ago 
and it was a time in our our life group and 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 you guys you and your husband are in, and uh, and my life group and you and we were doing having people share testimonies uh of of either salvation or god doing something miraculous in their lives and you said that you wanted to share your testimony and i thought oh that's great i had no idea what what that testimony would be but uh and having that conversation with you you began to to share a little bit more with me and we'll get to the the actual testimony uh in just a minute but what was it at that point that compelled you to want to open up i'm guessing really for the first time in any kind of public setting and that's still a pretty safe place but still there were you know 40 people you know in the room that were going to hear what you had to say so what what compelled you um well it was really encouraging when i did hear um a couple of the testimonies already stand up and you know you, you always know that you're not alone in your story you you know that god has a work in everybody's life um but but it feels that way sometimes and so it's really encouraging to hear a couple others stand up and i was like oh okay like and then i just felt god prompting like you need to step out from behind your secrecy. Um, that was a lot of my story and I to stay hidden and to keep that in the dark. And it was just a really neat opportunity that God, well, it was difficult, um, but it was an opportunity God placed in my, in, in my hands to yeah. say, this is, it's time to step out from behind that curtain yeah. and tell people what's going on, so. And I think one of the other things you shared with me either before or after you shared was the, the the level of accountability that that that, that sharing also brings it did yes yeah. yes because yeah. there's no more hiding there's no more hiding exactly <laughs> when you pull that monster in the light there's no more you know yeah. there's no more hiding it and it makes it a little more difficult to stay in that now you when you shared this i and, and my dates might be off but roughly it was about four years ago yes uh, yeah I think it was, it, it was before COVID and I was looking 19 2019 yeah I think so about about four years ago and it might have even been around this time of year I'm trying to remember I remember looking at you had sent me you know your ver- uh, copy of the te- your testimony you had typed out and it I think it was I know it was 2019 but it might have mm-hmm. been somewhere around this time of year yeah but you early on in your testimony and I think this was probably another reason that this was difficult to say is and I'm going to read I'm not going to even let you say it I'm going to read what you put here because you read this basically to the class and th- these are people you've been in this class now for probably by that time, about five, five years, years, five years. And so here's what you said the very near the very beginning. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And on March 18th of this year, that would have been 2019, I celebrated one year sobriety. Yes. So that I know, you know, even if you're not a math genius, <laughs> you realize, wait a minute, I've known Crystal and she's had this problem, not just a continuation of 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 knowing that you're a recovering alcoholic but you were in the throes throes. of all of that yeah so that's the stage that you shared that first time and so i just want to once again commend you for your your courage to do that because for whatever reason we want to we feel like we have to have these facades don't we that we have to have our best you know put our mask on and make you know everybody think i'm at least a little bit better than i really am (laughs) If not a lot. Dragging our dirty laundry every Sunday. Yeah. And so you were, you kind of just took the mask off and everything else off in that moment uh, of transparency. So I just wanted to commend you. But let me let you go ahead and tell a little bit of your story. I know you, you early, right after you said that, um, you kind of had an opening statement, but you went back to, to, to 
where you were raised and all that. So you want to, however you want to start your story, if you want to go back and start there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll start from the beginning. Um, I was raised in Nebraska in a small little town. Uh, shout out to Chimney Rock Peeps. Um, that's my hometown. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. I was saved at the age of six. And um, I just, you know, there there's always questions like if you're that young, but I can honestly remember, it's such a beautiful thing to remember after the prayer, I looked up and the world just looked different. Mm-hmm. It just looked so much brighter with so much more hope. And I know in that moment that I was saved mm-hmm. and that and that my life from then on would be, would be in the hands of Christ when mm-hmm. I was spending eternity. Um, we were a very prominent Christian family in our community. Um, like I said, it was a small town. I think there were like 2000 people in there, um, but definitely I had, Earn the nickname Bible Thumper, Christian Girl. You know, they, <laughs> they a lot of parents used us as, well, you can stay out as late as those Gomfort girls, the Crystal, if, but when, <laughs> as soon as Crystal's gone, you're out of there, you know, kind of a thing. So um, we, I was really raised in that and that level of expectation and those things to almost uphold. Um, um, then in, when I was 10, my dad was, he was an engineer for the railroad and he was ran over by a train. Um, and that just, he lost both of his legs, which changed everything that we knew from then on. Um, you know, he was gone all the time on the railroad and now all of a sudden he was home all the time. Mom had to go back to work full time. And, um, it just, it, everything just changed. And, um, we, we did well. It was a, it kept us busy with the recovery and stuff for the next year, but, um, we, we found our new normal and, um, uh, I think I even wrote in there, just looking back, anytime you go over your testimony, it's really cool to look back and be like, oh, wow, I saw God working there. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I remember that really hurt to go through that, but look where we are now. Right. And, and I love seeing where us as a family is right now that wouldn't have happened without mm-hmm. that. Um, but with that brought on a lot of weariness for me. Did you have to take on a lot more responsibilities early on as a as a kid? Just yeah, because your mom was working full time and yeah, I mean not a ton. I mean, mom was definitely working to the bone for the house and everything else. But I mean, as far as my dad's recovery, we all had to you know push the wheelchair and we all had to you know it, there were different things that we had to do to to pitch in right. and, and to get it all done. So um, I don't think a lot was put on me, but definitely new new things. Um, a couple of years after that, like I said, I think the weariness kind of started setting in and I was like, oh, okay, here I am. I'm going to adolescent years and we've been doing this. And and um, I don't know what it was, um, just a little voice that said, I don't think you're going to be enough. I don't think you're, you're not, you're not going to be good enough for the kingdom of God. And you're not going to amount to anything. You're not, you're going to fail. And then um, those, those thoughts just kept rolling. And I think, I don't think I'm alone. I think there's a lot of people that are afraid of failure and um, putting work in without any um, thing to come see. Um, so I kind of started that spiral. Um, and then at the age of 16, I was diagnosed with depression, which runs in the family. Um, and that's when I started drinking. Um, I really dove headfirst. It was just, it, it wasn't even, oh, let me try this and see. It was just dive right in. Um, I found my new set of friends. Uh, we partied and the boys, the drugs, everything. Um, so how'd this go over with your, uh, did your parents know it uh, when you were in high school and drinking? It, it was, uh, I kept it, 
Well, in a small town, everybody kind of knows everything. There's not a lot of secrets there, so I was pretty ready to get out of there. So from the Bible thumper to... Uh, to don't let my kids hang out with Christmas. Yeah. Wow. Yes, that's it, it took a sharp turn. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I just, I, I got tired of the expectations, I think, mm. and, and the drinking just, I don't know, it was, it just became my own thing. Like, you can't tell me what to do, you know, I'm not going to... Whatever it was, I, I don't know. Um, but I had moved to, I kind of got tired of it. I, I hit it pretty hard in, in high school and then I got tired of it. And I was ready to move to college and just away from everything. And I was like, I, I never denounced God. I always knew that I was a child of God, um, but I wasn't, I just felt really not ready to come back to him, I guess, if that would make sense. Um, so I went to college and with the idea and the hope that things would be different. Um, what do you mean by different? Like, and just uh, not so much partying. A new start. Just a new start. Get back to that nice girl, okay. uh, you know, finding joy and um, the little things and um, just kind of stay out of the darkness because the darkness is just, it's heavy and it's, it gives you a moment of light. It gives you a moment of freedom and then it comes crashing down mm -hmm. like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And um, I was really hoping, okay, like this is going to be a new start. I'm not going to do that. I'm tired. I've done the drinking thing. I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. Um, but that didn't last very long. I College life quickly became a blur once I um, fell in with the partiers. Mm. And um, I guess that, that was kind of my college life. And it, it masked, it became a good excuse for a lot of the things that I was doing. Um, just the justification. That's what you do in college, right? Exactly. Exactly. I'm not, you know, I'm not anything that bad. Yeah. I'm not. Um, uh, but I was. And, and I think um, looking back in a lot of those, those times when I was really depressed, um, I'm finding now, I think a lot of it was spiritual warfare. Mm. Um, not saying anything, not discrediting depression because it is a real thing. But I think a lot of my really heavy parts were God's trying to pull me out. You know, and it's a tug of war moment. Feist, yeah. And um, anyway, I went, um, I met my husband in 2011. So this was after college and um, we met in a bar and we both said we were Christians, but given the choice, we would choose a bar. Um, we didn't go to church at all until a couple of years into our marriage. Um, uh, let's see, once we got married in 2012, we moved down here and um, away from friends and family. And I found myself at a new low. Um, he transferred with his job and I had nothing and nobody. And so I just drank all the time, um, morning, noon, and night. And uh, now was Kenny aware that you were? Yes, okay. at this point we were in it together. Um, obviously I was drinking more cause he had to work. Um, and then we found out we were pregnant and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm not ready for this. What do you mean? Um, I, it was not a joyous moment for me. I think my husband would have a different answer. Because um, you knew what you had to give up. I knew what I had to give up. Yeah. And it was, At least for nine months. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was able to give it up while I was pregnant. Um, but I started, um, and actually in that time, God really started tapping on my heart. It's like, hey, rem remember me remember that joy and that hope that you had once. And 
Um, so I actually, we came to church just before, I think a week or two before Aiden was born. Oh, wow. When I met you, I was way up to here. And um, I walked in the doors of the church and I just felt, oh my gosh, like, welcome home. Like, mm. this is where I should be. This is where I've been missing. And it was, I cried all the way through the service as the Holy Spirit just convicted me. And, and I just, I thought that everything was going to be okay then. I thought, you know, I, I walked home and into back into Christ's arms and it was all going to go away. And these, these problems and, you know, it wasn't really a problem. It was just, it was just my life, you know, but now I'm going to turn, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to have the kids and have a nice family and go to church. Um, and then I started, um, so it, drinking wasn't ever, hey, red flag, maybe you shouldn't be drinking. Um, and I started drinking again when my son was two months old and just four months later, it all kind of came crashing down. Um, we had, my husband was kind of to the point of, I don't know what to do with you, you know. So he saw the problem. I was home alone with the kid and um, uh, he, he called my parents and said, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. And we talked about AA meetings and we talked about rehab and inpatient therapy and we talked about counseling and, but I was still just convinced it was circumstantial. I was still, you know, I'm just, I'm just lonely. I'm a new mom. You know, first it was, I was in college and it was my dad's accident and I, you know, and it was just all circumstantial to me. I never placed it anywhere deeper in my life to have a meaning and, um, and it worked for a while. I was, I actually, from that point on, I stayed sober for two years. Um, and I really dove into church. We had another kid, we had my other son and um, just started opening up a little bit to to the Christian walk and, and growing in that. Um, but I think where I went wrong is I, I never fully repented. Mm -hmm. I always kept my foot back there to say, It'll be, it'll be time again. You know, I see everybody else drinking. They're able to enjoy a glass of wine. I'll get there. I'll get there. I just, I just need a little bit more time, you know? And, um, and like I said, I gave it two years, a good, a good couple of years. And, and then sometime after my second son turned one, um, I picked up that drink and thinking you could handle it. Thinking now it's a good time. And um, I wanted to do it secretly because if I failed at that, I didn't want people to know. So even my husband, I did not tell him. Um, and it actually, it actually started making me feel like I was a better mom. Hmm. I can just, I can just remember all of those thoughts and lies that just came with it. And I was like, oh yeah, oh this is good. This is yeah, I'm a much better mom. I don't yell as much. I'm a lot nicer. This is, I just needed this to take my edge off. And um, one wasn't enough for very long. And then I needed two. And then I needed three. And then it was not once in a while. It was um, daily. And I managed to keep it all under wraps, continuing church, continuing marriage and family and Obviously not in a real good way, but it's by this time good. you were 
very involved in church, involved in life group. I was, Uh, yeah, doing into the Jordan. We were beloved. mm -hmm. I was serving in preschool and, um, and nobody, nobody knew. No, I had mentioned it a couple of times, um, but without fully indulging my past and how, what it really meant, Mm -hmm. it didn't mean a lot. Not to say it didn't mean a lot, you know, they had advice and accountability, but. They didn't have full context. Yeah, the full context. Um, I remember I was at Beloved and I started, I started having panic attacks when I was in church settings um, in life group a couple of times um, in Beloved. And I think it was just that spiritual battle. Again, you know, I'm getting fed by God's word and I'm living this other life. And um, they found me and, and Beloved and, and I was able to share my story with a few of them. And, and that was kind of the first little opening door, but I still wasn't ready. I, I still, I don't know, there was, there was comfort in the alcohol that just kept me there. Um, and I, I wasn't, didn't know if I was ready to give it up. You know, I knew, I knew all the right answers. I knew that I couldn't have the master of alcohol and the master of Christ. I couldn't serve them both. And um, it just, I wasn't ready to give them up. I wasn't, I wanted a little bit of both. Well, they use the term addiction for a reason. And I'm sure that uh, that pull, that almost that chain that you felt, yeah. It did, it felt like a ball and chain with Mm -hmm. me. It was not freedom. Yeah. It, it made me think that it was. Um, um, and then I'll just kind of wrap up to where my recovery came. I, um, in March of 2018, um, I drank too much and, and I was caught by my husband. Um, and I was so terrified. Um, I thought he was going to take the kids. I thought he was going to kick me out leave me, tell everybody all my failures. Um, But that actually became just the most beautiful picture of Jesus's forgiveness. And grace. And grace. When he didn't shun me, he didn't shut me out. He said, he wrapped his arm around me and he said, okay, we'll move on from here. And, uh, And in that moment, I just saw Jesus. I, I mentioned this to him the other day and he's like, oh, I don't remember that. And I'm like, well, it's it's really, really, a, it was a beautiful gift from God Yeah. in that moment. And I just remember it was like, Whoa, what have I been fighting over all this time? Of course I want a life of freedom, you know? And I, John 10, 10 has really been my verse. The enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. Um, and that, and it's just pointing out the enemy and it was the alcohol and it's lying and deceiving and conniving. And um, it was telling me all these lies. But in that moment, I saw the truth and I saw the light. What, you know, in that moment where, for lack of a better term, you were found out, you know, uh, and I'm sure the realization of the, the endangerment of the kids, your own life, um, I'm sure the marriage had been suffering because of, you know, anytime you're hiding something or, you know, there's going to, you know, you can't do that for long without it having an impact on a relationship. So this all comes out 
was that moment that you just described or were there other moments that's that that led you to 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 make the change to to get the help you needed or to make the steps moving forward so that you were able to at least four years ago to stand up and say i've been sober for one year what what were some of the things because there might be someone else out there listening going i've been there i've struggled i've you know what what yeah how did you get to that point oh just god's word Mm. just the truth of jesus i did i tried celebrate recovery and i i only made it to one meeting because i had issues with child care um but that one meeting made an impact on me wow for celebrate recovery and just the struggles are real we you know jesus in our hearts we know the word and we know the truth but we are constantly fighting our flesh and the battles and to strengthen our relationship with Christ and to and to stay out of secrecy. I think secrecy has the biggest stronghold. So to be able to come out of that and and then that opened up with my husband and I, I could say, Hey, I'm really I'm struggling today. You know, I, I really want to have a drink. And he or or even the friends that I came out to to say, This is a problem right now. Hey, like, can you pray for me? And I remember many texts I would just send out, just please pray right now because I really want to drink. Or um you know, but I. So you built a little bit of an accountability, not just in your marriage, but also with a couple of key trusted friends. Christian friends yeah. that you knew that. Uh, they still are today. I'm mm. still able to, yeah, kind of keep that going. Mm. Um, but I couldn't do it alone. I couldn't. And, and the idea or the thought that I was alone or that I could do it alone is why I kept, it's why I didn't make it the first time. Yeah. Because it's, it's a community of believers that come together with What's been the the greatest? I mean, you're looking now at over five years since that that day. What's been what? It's going to be an ongoing battle the rest of your life. But what are what have been some of the the points where it's been maybe the toughest for you? Um, you know, I was thinking about that, and honestly, there's there's times when I'm completely alone, and I'm like, I could really enjoy something right now, mm-hmm. and then like I just hear the devil like, Hey, why don't you go get it? Nobody would know. You know, you can do this. You don't have kids around. You don't have a husband around. You could do this. You could just, you could have a drink. I remember I was flying somewhere by myself and we didn't have to be in. And then the airline said, there's no alcoholic beverages served on this flight. And it's like, how cute, Jesus. (laughs) There it is, it's done. Took it away for you. Took it away from me. Um, And so um, it's just those little moments when I, I think the biggest thing, is releasing the idea that we have to have something to help us relax. Mm. Um, you know, at, at, you know, at night when the kids are in bed, or you know, you're really stressed out, and the ki- you know, you, you need a break from something. I think it's very um, we don't need something to help us relax. Right. We have to find that freedom and that peace in Jesus Christ. Amen. And I think the more that we try to even, and, and I do, I find myself still, okay, uh, oh, this is my TV time. You know, the kids go to bed and, and that can be soul sucking too in mm. the same way. And I find myself as, oh, I'm trying to refill this void. I'm trying to cling to something other than the word of God and to release this idea that something else has to give me that break or something else has to give me that feeling the peace that's or feeling yeah especially if we're seeking a feeling yeah 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 letting go of that is 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 where the work still continues 
Yeah, those are those are good words for not just somebody that may be struggling with an addiction, but really for all of us because we all tend to look for certain feelings in the wrong places, whether it's joy, peace, contentment, satisfaction, happiness. Uh, anytime we're looking to something or someone outside of Christ, then that has a tendency to become idolatry in our lives and at a minimum, a cheap imitation of what God has intended for our relationship to be with him anyway. So uh, good words that apply beyond just uh, somebody that's struggling. What, uh, with somebody that may be listening that either themselves are continually dealing with any kind of particular addiction or maybe somebody that knows somebody, what words of encouragement would you give to that, that person that is struggling? And to the person that's struggling, I would say, take the veil off. Mm. It's going to be the hardest step to let that monster out of the corner, but it's the only way you'll find freedom. Yeah. You have to open up um, living in secrecy. And I think that that's what the devil wants us to think a lot. Mm-hmm. And then that just piles on so much shame and guilt and and everything else. But as soon as we bring light to that, we have an opportunity to defeat it. So I would say, reach out. It doesn't have to be your spouse. It could be somebody, a trusted friend, a pastor. It could be anybody. Um, I would really encourage you just to to let that thing out of the corner and bring it to light. Because I think we all have something that we kind of struggle with. You know, you're not alone. Yep. We're not alone. No matter what kind of mask we put on on Sunday morning. We all struggle with something. There's always something in the week. And the fact that you said earlier, near the very beginning, that it was hearing some other people share their testimonies that encouraged you to share, I'm praying that today, people listening to you might be what motivates them to share with with one other person like you just said, or two, or maybe even a greater. Do a life group. Yeah, their whole life group and and share what God is is doing in their life. or if they just need to get help to talk to somebody to get help. Yeah, it might not be ready for a testimony yet. Right. You had been at a point where it had been a year, and I thought that was a really good time to, to share. But for somebody that's just struggling with whatever that addiction might be or whatever that particular struggle may be, is to, to talk to somebody that we, not nobody's perfect. We all, all struggle. And, and the more we're open, like you said, that the veil out off, then the better chance we're going to have to to get the help and the healing that we need. But if we keep it secret, it's you're going to and try to fight it on our own. It's not, yeah, yeah. That's why God put us together in the church. Exactly. It builds such a stronger foundation. He knew. He knew. He knew we needed one another, <laughs> praying for one another, and loving one another, and holding one another accountable, and caring for one another, and ministering to one all the one another. All those. All yeah, those. awesome. All right. Well, is there anything else? I think we covered it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you got it. I didn't let you talk much. No, Sorry, that's that the no, the, no. <laughs> this is this was about you, Crystal. At least letting you point to Christ point and what Christ. He's done right. in your life, and uh, what a great miracle to see. Because I don't think I mean we went through a lot of that fairly quickly, or you did. On on where you were and what your circumstances were like, and 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 what you were how you were living your life. But all through that was just continued layer upon layer upon layer of of living in a way that was not pleasing to God uh, and creating more and more, you know, the stronger habits and addictions in your own life so that 
when we do hear about what God did in your life, it truly is miraculous. It is. Uh, because I know a lot of Drowning that voice out. So you layer more on top of that and you drown out the Holy Spirit some more mm-hmm. and you kind of just keep digging it. So I'm so grateful for how he has worked in your life and how you have responded in obedience. And so I'm praying this will encourage some folks today. Me too. Amen. All right. Well, I think this wraps up another episode of Here at Home. And Crystal, I can't thank you enough for you know coming on and sharing your own very, very personal story. And uh, and ho- hopefully it will, like I said, be an encouragement to others. I'm sure if someone is struggling, especially if it's a, a female and something similar, they, I'm sure they can get a hold of you that you'd love to pray with them and talk with them. And uh, if you want to contact me, I can maybe set that up for you. But thank you all of you for being listeners here at our Here at Home podcast community. We're so grateful for you listening. And if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that now. Are you a subscriber, Crystal? I am a subscriber. All right. I listen to them all. <laughs> I like to hear that. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks, right back here at home.